0: Welcome to the Beantown Podcast. It's your host Quinn David Furnest. The Beantown Podcast comes to you live from New York City, the Big Apple, the Queen of Queens, the King of Kings, as it's known. Uh, This is the Beantown Podcast, one of Baltimore City, Uh, and for this week only, New York City's top five hundred podcasts, the People's Podcast, as it is affectionately known. Don't forget to like share subscribe rate wherever you're listening you know where we're at Uh, follow us on Twitter at Beantown cast comments concerns grievances you can let us know Beantown podcast yahoo.com that's Beantown B-E-A-N-T-O-N podcast at yahoo.com what's going on how is everyone coming to you live from Manhattan Another name for New York City. A lot of the locals will call it that. Uh, here for about 48 hours, visiting with uh, my two brothers who have both been on the podcast—one recently, one not so recently. But uh, this podcast is going to be all about brotherhood and you know fraternities and sibling celebrity couples and stuff. And oh, that's like if you're from Alabama, sibling celebrity couple. <laughs> Uh, It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. We're going to keep it pretty brief. The format is going to be just a lot of hard-hitting questions. Uh, Then we're going to hear from our sponsors, and we'll give you a little preview of what the next couple weeks are going to look like. And then uh, we're going to wrap it up so we can do something that we all enjoy for the rest of the day, not just the youngest brother. But we've had a good time so far. We went to Brooklyn, Brooklyn. The Barclays Center uh, wanted to catch an Islanders game, but turns out people don't really go to those, so we didn't want to break with custom. Uh, Went to Smorgasbjorn, Borg, something like that, across the street. It was exciting. Everything cost about $50, so uh, until that ad revenue starts rolling in, talking to you, Jack Links, or Home Pride Oregon. You know, Dad, been giving you free advertisements a couple weeks now. Haven't seen the revenue flow in yet, so we'll get our people on that. But uh then we went to Wall Street, saw Michael Douglas, uh very exciting time. Was Shia LaBeouf was he in that new remake from early two thousands? You have any insight into that answer, Walt? He's really would be really talking into the mic there. He's really made for podcasting. Uh, let's look it up. Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. I think that's what it was called. Now I'm having the problem over here where I'm so far from the Wi-Fi, but it's given me kind of the halfway thing, and so you can't really search anything unless you turn the Wi-Fi off. So let's go ahead and do that. Money Never Sleeps. Anyways, we did Wall Street. We walked to... Uh, Uh, One World Trade Center, it is Shia LaBeouf, oh man, looking dapper, and uh, walked up the High Line, which I thought was a Mel Gibson movie, but something different, (laughs) and uh, walked to the library and didn't quite make it all the way up to uh, Times Square Rockefeller Center, but very close, and uh, maybe the Islanders should start playing at Rockefeller plaza because apparently nobody goes to their games at the barclays center so uh but uh yeah it was good got a new york slice have not seen spike lee yet but we're gonna keep looking i haven't really seen any celebrities up to this point so disappointing trip overall but we're trying to (laughs) stay in good spirits here uh let's go ahead let's get into it before we uh, take up too much time Making, uh, let's see, his third podcast appearance, his second weekly installment, and he's been on one uh, Bean Town Unplugged special, The Roast of Quinn David Furness. Check it out now on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, SoundCloud, YouTube. You know where to find us. Uh, Walter Furness, welcome back to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having me on, Quinn. The
0: mic is on, is that correct? Yeah, as long as the switch is flipped up, then we're going to be in good shape.
1: I had switched it off, so you weren't picking up some of that cool background noise when uh, Jack and Pierre were talking.
0: Yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I kind of like the ambience. I don't know if you ever Mm. listened. We did an episode live from Memphis. There were donuts. There was a river. There were uh, people. It was a good time. Uh, But, Walt, let's go ahead. Let's get you started off with a question here again the theme of today's discussion is brothers so brothers on a hotel bed single from death cab for cutie's 2005 album plans Hmm. uh is it in your top 10 favorite death cab cutie for cutie songs yes or no i'll say yes what if we go live
1: does that change how you feel you mean the live version of it? Mm-hmm. Mm. To my perhaps great shame, I don't think I've heard the live version of it.
0: Yeah, I, well, I've seen so I've seen Death Cab for Cutie live, but I only got in for like the last three songs because you know I was seeing Skillet on the other stage before oh. that. Two very similar bands, and uh, I think all I saw was "I Will Follow You into the Dark," mm-hmm. classic Ben Gibbard. And then they played something else. It might have been Crooked Teeth. And then, of course, they finished with Transatlanticism. It was right after, uh, what's his name, Chris Walla left the band. So not quite as good now as they used to be. But it's okay. It's still fun. Uh, Let's see. We're going to get our other brother in here at some point. But let's keep going with these questions. Oh, this is one I've been looking forward to talking to Walt about for like two hours since I thought of the question. Brothers, the 2009 film starring Toby Maguire, Natalie Portman, and Jake Gyllenhaal. Are you surprised
1: Toby didn't get an Oscar nomination for this? I'm surprised Toby didn't get an Oscar nomination for Spider-Man 1.
0: Now, okay, we're going to go down a rabbit hole here because you're talking to the biggest Sam Raimi fan you've ever met. Spider-Man 1, 2, or 3, which one you like?
1: Oh, definitely 1. Better than 2. Yeah, I know that... The, I've been called out on this before For not really appreciating the genius Of Alfred Molina's Doc Ock uh, I think maybe upon Subsequent watching I might end up appreciating it more But I don't know There's just something magical about Norman Osborn Yeah, Willem Dafoe
0: Came close to getting his Oscar I'm, I'm a big Willem Dafoe year. fan so. Yeah, there's a lot of good quotes I would say some of the best memes On Raimi memes on the subreddit come from Willem Dafoe quotes yeah that's a good one um so you, you're not feeling any love for Topher Grace in uh in
1: Spider-Man 3 in 3 no yeah. I thought 3 was the worst of the batch now how honestly. are we
0: gonna how are you feeling Topher Grace versus Tom Hardy as Venom where are we where do you stand on that
1: is Tom Hardy Venom in one of the newer ones? They made a Venom standalone movie this year. Oh, man. See, I didn't even know that. Uh, based on what I know about those two actors, I would definitely be in the Tom Hardy as Venom Wait came. till you see the movie. You
0: might change your mind. Oh, boy. Didn't think Topher Grace could pull it off. Could be but so good. now he looks like he should have won an Oscar for that performance. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to this Film Brothers, you know, a lot of our listeners might not have seen the movie so just briefly describe to us the plot of the 2009 film brothers
1: uh well you know you've got uh you've got these brothers and uh and then well there, of course there's Natalie portman and uh then you know there's philadelphia often called the city of brotherly love uh and uh you know, I think there's a, there's a good liquor store called Brothers. Um, there's also a, a, a crossroads in Oregon. Uh, I think it like was a city at one point, or a town, I should say, but it's called Brothers. Um, so yeah, Brothers. Yeah,
0: it's a, it's a very deep, emotionally tolling film, but one of the better films about the Iraq War. So everyone get the chance to check it out. I was a little disappointed Toby didn't uh, get an Oscar nomination. I think he got a Golden Globe uh nomination but you know those Golden Globes it's is that you know if you get a Golden Globe nomination does that really carry any weight cuz they got like 25 different categories. I swear there's like best third-billed actor in a animated documentary series or something. It's pretty pretty rough. Anybody can get nominated for a Golden Globe except for the Bean Town podcast which I want to maybe do a little call-out to uh, the Grammy Awards. The nominations came out uh, last week or the week before. I don't know the specific parameters for, you know, spoken word albums, but I'll say this. I'm tired of, you know, Jimmy Carter and Obama and Bill Clinton and all those guys getting Grammy nominations because literally all they have to do is show up. They're not writing the book. They're just famous because they happened to become president and now they're getting Grammy nominations for it so yeah we're a little uh, salty I would say the Beantown podcast just in general has been uh, kind of stifled in year one I know we were talking to uh, Ryan Ligan and Kristen English host of the Card Convo's podcast a couple months back when uh, the invites went out to PodCon which is in Seattle next month and absolutely no mention of the car economist podcast or the bean town podcast so i actually wrote them a letter um using kind of their online feedback form they never even emailed
1: back so i i don't know it's all politics
0: when it comes time to
1: podcasting but here's definitely. the thing though aren't you planning on doing a, a like bean town year in review best of year one uh like in january here yeah coming up in a couple of weeks well that seems like that's coming out, you know, at prime time for, uh, you know, some of the award seasons, right? And they they tend to like those best of type things. So maybe I just be your I ticket. really
0: thought either the roast of Quinn David Furness or when we brought on our political correspondent Nick Albano to talk politics, I thought one of those two episodes was really going to fly high. But I don't know, you know. You just got to keep grinding, you know. That's how you know LeBron James got to the NBA and stuff. He didn't let the haters detract from him. So I don't know. Maybe I'll make it to the NBA one day. We'll see. Rest in peace, Ron Baker. He got cut from the Knicks this past
1: week. Oh, poor yeah. guy. Is Jeremy Lin still in the NBA? By the way,
0: maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't say I've watched an NBA game yet this year. Yeah. There's not that much to watch when you're a Bulls fan. It's no. pretty ugly. So. Yeah. yeah, let's uh, let's move on to another question here. Uh, the Brothers Grimm. Mm. Why do we say brothers before the Grimm? While well, you have any insights into that?
1: Do you mean as opposed to Grimm brothers?
0: Yeah, I mean you hear about the Koch brothers mm. and other brothers, but then you got the Brothers Grimm. What's going on?
1: Mm. I think it has to do with. Uh, the way that it was maybe originally written in uh, German. Um, you know, a lot of linguistic variety among the different uh, enclaves and the Alps and, and Bavaria and, um, you know, parts of Austro-Hungary. Um, so, yeah, we're going to say linguistics. What would be some of your favorite grim fairy tales? Ooh, well, most people's mind goes to Hansel and Gretel um but there's some darker ones out there too actually i think jack should be the one to weigh in on these cuz he had a a volume of brothers grim tales and they yeah they they take some some wicked turns you're not expecting there's a lot of like child beating if i remember correctly a lot of like children's body parts being eaten by different monsters you know i think stranger things could maybe take a page out of out of this vintage stuff, Stranger Things season three premiering this spring.
0: Check it out on Netflix. <laughs> so you're be playing five, Stranger Things now. <laughs> five dollars, please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, sponsorships.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I saw Millie Bobby Brown is in the the new uh, the new the second Godzilla movie. And uh, I swear, Millie Bobby Brown makes the exact same face in every sort of dramatic anything, whether it's a Stranger Things trailer or another trailer or Godzilla 2. It's always like there's some big catastrophic thing happening off behind the camera that you can't see, and she turns around in her short little like bob cut is floating in the wind a little bit and she looks like she's about to throw up or something and it's just i don't know she seems like a cool kid but i'm kind of getting sick of the whole millie bobby brown look here
1: they'll probably tap her to play uh danny in the remake of the shining then
0: well they're making uh doctor sleep here you know that with ewan mcgregor it's a another
1: marvel type thing no
0: It's a Stephen King book, the sequel uh-huh. to The Shining, oh, and it follows Danny that. Torrance all grown up, but it's Ewan McGregor, so I'm looking forward
1: to it. Okay, I could get behind that. I didn't know there was a I didn't know about that novel.
0: Yeah, I feel like they haven't made a
1: really home run Stephen
0: King movie in a while. I didn't see The New It. I think it got like solid reviews, but I don't think it was like like, I don't think in 50 years it's going to be considered better than the original, probably because of Tim Curry. But also, they made The Dark Tower into a movie, and as much as I like Idris Elba, it just really didn't do it for me. Even with, you know, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey, you'd think that's going to be tough to mess up with a Stephen King book, but it didn't quite, uh, I don't know, it wasn't very good, so... I feel like when I think of Stephen King movies, I'm thinking The Shining, Carrie, um, The Green Mile, Misery, It, and I feel like most of those movies are like 80s, early 90s, and it's been solid 20, 25 years since we actually got it really, maybe I'm missing something from the 2000s, but... Seems like it's been a while since we got a good one, so I have high hopes. And Ewan McGregor is one of my favorite actors. If you ever see him in Angels and Demons, watch out. It's the only spoiler I'm going to say. I will say the Brothers Grimm. I'm a big fan of Stiltskin. I just like Mm. that name. And Rumpelstiltskin is kind of like a golem creature, and he's super sneaky, and he has fun with words. Uh, Thanks again to our holiday season correspondent, Megan Lundgren, for coming on last week. She doesn't remind me of Rumpelstiltskin, but we played around with words a little bit—palindromes, Dookie see god, all that good stuff. Wow, mom, Bob, dad, often overlooked. Peep—that's a good one. Uh, Let's—we got a lot of questions here, so let's move on, and we're gonna get Jack on pretty soon here, so he can field some questions too. Uh, Walt, you're a big cinephile—you see at least one or two movies a year. The Brothers Grimsby, the 2016 film starring Sasha Baron Cohen. Why don't you think it did as well as the other Sasha Baron Cohen movies?
1: Probably because there's not enough uh speedos or like, you know. Have you seen the poster for it? Oh boy. <laughs> Hang on.
0: You keep talking, I'll show you. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, as someone who's not seen a lot of Sasha Baron Cohen, I, I just imagine from the, the title of this one that it's not quite as edgy as something like The Dictator or... Uh... Oh, no. You are sorely mistaken, <laughs> okay. my friend. Well, maybe it went too far, finally. Maybe people said, no, we've had enough. <laughs> Walt's looking at the poster for The Brothers Grimsby. Okay, so so tell me, why, why is this The Brothers Grimsby? He's, he's basically Dr. Spock... Uh, with like a lab coat and then um, uh, a speedo that, in the parlance of Tobias Funke, does not effectively hide his thunder. <laughs> uh, well,
0: I don't. I've never seen the movie, but he plays like a spy, and his brother, played by Mark Strong, who I always get confused with Stanley Tucci, by the way, <laughs> um, it like plays also plays a spy, but he's like really knows what he's doing and stuff. But back to your point of uh, it maybe not being quite as out there or raunchy as some of the other Sacha Baron Cohen movies. Uh, The famous scene from The Brothers Grimsby, uh, this would be a good time to say listener discretion is advised (laughs) when you're listening to the Beantown podcast. Number one, we're about to get really uh, gruesome here. Gruesome's not the best word, but uh, Mm. it's going to be bad. You might want to skip ahead one minute. Uh, Number two, the podcast is objectively terrible, but the famous scene is Sasha Baron Cohen and Mark Strong, and they're in, like, the Serengeti or something, and they're getting chased by bad guys, and there's nothing around but elephants. So they uh, find a a female elephant, and they happen to climb up her uh, lady parts to escape from the bad guys, and it's pretty uh it's pretty vivid pretty graphic there's a famous clip from the jimmy kimmel show uh when this movie came out like two or two and a half years ago where they couldn't sasha baron cohen was on and they couldn't show the clip for obvious reasons but what they did was they showed the audience the clip and then they just had the cameras on the audience (laughs) when they were playing the clip and you like hear the sound effects and stuff and it's it's pretty it's a pretty fun like two minutes to watch but um yeah i don't know I think, I think the humor was like pretty British and it's probably in a similar vein to why people don't love the first season of The Office, which I always find to be fascinating because it's got episodes like basketball, which I think is like one of the most iconic Office things to happen. Um, And what are other episodes Dwight does healthcare and stuff and the diversity day. Yeah. Diversity so. day is a good one. And those are all like pulled from the British <clears throat> series. Did you ever
1: watch the British series? Yeah. Okay. Ricky Gervais. Yeah. I mean, I had seen a little bit and then I think it was last winter, uh, over the Christmas break. I, I went through and watched the whole two seasons Yeah. and I found it enjoyable. I mean, you know, unsurprisingly, it's it's sort of a different brand of humor, so you have to accept the sort of dryness. Um, but there's some good parts, and it's it's sho- it's uh, not shocking, but it's it's really eye-opening just how much of the early American Office was you know borrowed extremely heavily from that.
0: Yeah, you even compare Steve Carell's version of Michael Scott in season one versus his version of Michael Scott in two through seven, and it's yeah. it's pretty shockingly different. He's like a total straight up asshole in season one doesn't really have redeeming characteristics and then they make him much more um there's some adjectives that could describe it perfectly yeah, I, like they're not lovable to yeah or something yeah a, like kind of a lovable ignorance um but yeah i feel you we got one more question before we're going to do our halftime advertisement here um it's one i think you'll like if the band hansen was here right now
1: what would you say to those guys? Where you've been all my life? <laughs> I mean, what is, what is when when you have a hit like the one they did and uh and then you just kinda of follow that up with, you know, decades of silence. You know, what is there to say? I think the silence says everything that needs to be said.
0: Yeah, they did a NPR Tiny Desk concert last year or the year before. That was pretty good. I don't know. Their new music is fine. It's just kind of a... They're kind of in this weird genre space where it's like... The music itself is still solid, but... I mean, obviously, they made it big in the... Whenever Mbapp came out, which is, like, early 90s, I think. Mid-90s, I don't know. And, uh... You know, it was all classic, like, tweens and teenage girls and stuff that doesn't, I don't know, maybe I'm incorrect in this. I feel like that whole, like, culture doesn't exist a ton. Right now, at least, it did a couple years ago with, like, One Direction Mm -hmm. and Justin Bieber. I feel like right now, maybe outside of, like, Justin Timberlake, I don't know, maybe Bruno Mars, but both of those guys are pretty quiet right now. So, I don't know, they just got this music, like, yeah, I would pay five bucks to go see a Hanson concert, but, I don't know, they're just kind of good for them, because you listen to their interview on NPR, and they're very much just like, we're just going to do what we want to do, and make the music that feels right to us, kind of like the Beantown podcast. Um, One is more successful than the others, and I won't say which, but... Um, both are going to have a best of pretty soon here, mm. so that's always exciting.
1: I think I did hear that Tiny Desk concert, and it was bad. Um, I yeah, it was probably the first I had heard anything from them in a long time. But I, I, you know, that could be as much my fault as anything.
0: Yeah, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's do a little advertising here, and then uh, maybe we'll get Brother Jack in on this. we got a couple other questions that would be fun to to get to here, and we don't want to run too long. I'm already longer than I thought I was going to go. Here we go. Home Pride Oregon. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth? (coughs) Excuse me. Mm. Wow. Um, All because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, there's good news. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon, is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider, with inspection services, including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate stranglehold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector you can trust, Call Steve at 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. That's 541-207-1101 or visit homeprideoregon.com. Home Pride Oregon, inspection perfection. Once again, we're coming to you live from Manhattan, New York City, up around uh, Morningside. Is that what it's called? Morningside? Park. Morningside high. Well, Morning, yeah, Morningside yeah. Park, but the neighborhood's Morningside Heights. The general region. Uh, so if you're up here, come out, say hi. We'd love to have you. Uh, my name is Quinn David Furness. This is the Beantown Podcast, the people's podcast, one of Baltimore City and for this week only New York City's top 500 podcasts. This episode is all about brothers and brotherly things. We've been joined by uh, a good friend of the podcast, speaking of which, don't forget to use hashtag friends of the podcast when you're tweeting about the Beantown podcast. Uh, but we've been joined by Brother Walter Furness, who's making a reemergence on the podcast. Came on twice in uh, late July, early August, had some fun there. Um, and uh, we are also now joined by Brother Jack Furness, who is uh, almost our guest in residence at this point this is something like your 24th or 25th appearance on the Beantown podcast no I think it's it's six or seven it's something like that but uh Jack Furness welcome to the podcast how are you feeling today
2: I feel great thanks for having me
0: yeah and I know you've been studying torts quite a bit lately so any tips for making the perfect tort this holiday season
2: uh don't overwork it Mm.
0: Don't overstudy it. I like that. All right. Question for both of you guys, because this is something that you both, uh, I think, like quite a bit. Kurt and Kyle Bush. Both <laughs> couldn't do it.
1: <laughs> couldn't even get through that one. Huh? <laughs>
0: both have less than stellar racing reputations. Fifty years from now, which one will we still be talking about, and why? Is that the
2: Bush of? political fame or the big no we have
0: one of those questions coming up later this is bush b-u-s-c-h kurt and kyle well the other ones though
1: (laughs) no i think he's trying to talk to us about beer
2: i don't i don't know what's going on
0: so you got you got kyle in the number 18 m&m sponsor classic sometimes furniture row yeah Kurt I, I Kurt and Kyle each one's M&Ms? won one championship. Yeah, Kyle's usually M&M's yellow car. Kurt oftentimes he's bounced around, but I think right now he's in the number 41 Furniture Row.
2: I'm going to go with M&M's.
0: So Kyle.
1: See, I was Wait, I thought you said Kurt was M&M's.
0: Kyle's M&M's. Ow. Kurt bounces around sponsors. Last I saw, he was with Furniture Row Racing.
1: See, I think it's got to be Kyle because my rationale was that in 50 years, no one's even going to be using the name Kurt anymore.
0: Maybe if there's like a Nazi reemergence or something. You go out to Charlottesville, Virginia, everybody's named Kurt. (laughs) All right. The NASCAR question didn't get as much discussion as I thought.
1: Uh we this we this talk about fictional NASCAR racers.
0: Uh, yeah, later maybe. <laughs> we asked uh, this is real. We asked this one to Uncle Andy a couple months back on the podcast. Who's more attractive, Jeff or Bo Bridges?
2: Is, is Bo a sibling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm out
1: I mean Bo does mean Mm. you know it would be pretty shallow to go just on looks alone so uh i think we gotta go with jeff
0: so if you're looking from the within side mm. more of a from the within side. a spiritual attractiveness does that change how you feel at all
1: well, i think jeff lebowski is uh you know we have we have a pretty you know sort of a kinship if you will and uh I'm going to stick with Jeff.
0: Now, I'm going to throw a little curveball in here. What if you introduce their dad, Lloyd Bridges?
1: Mm. Sure you're not talking about Lloyd Braun?
0: No, it's a fictional character.
1: Lloyd Bridges. Uh, which decade, Lloyd? Sixties. Did you say sexties? <laughs> <laughs> it's when
0: he looked the sexiest. Uh, okay, I uh, I would know. I'm going through mine right now. This
1: would be a good time to uh, to shout out to our sponsor, Sixties. Um, no, I think. Uh, Ooh, I don't know. Jack <laughs> Lloyd Bridges is on the docket now. Lloyd Bridges.
0: Yeah, like if you're an NFL GM, you're making your first round pick. He's number eighteen, number nineteen is where your picks go, and you think he might slide, but you're not sure all the way to the second round. Are you trading back because you think he can get him at twenty two, or what are you doing here?
2: I'd I'd trade forward in that situation.
1: See, but yeah, I don't know. I would get two guys with one pick. hashtag Chad Pennington <laughs>
0: or uh, the Raiders trading away all their players this year. They're going to have about the entire first round <laughs> draft
1: in a couple of years at this rate. It's going to be the John Gruden party.
0: <laughs> their average age on the team is going to be about 19 and a half. Uh Here's one that you guys can definitely both weigh in on because we're back to the topic of NFL and football, and I like this one. thought of this in the shower. if you woke up one day and found out you were coaching a team in the Super Bowl later that day but your defensive coordinator was sick and you needed a replacement would you pick up the phone and call Rex or Rob Ryan
1: why
2: not both (laughs)
0: because you only have salary for one and you have to pay for their meals too
2: jets for many years right yep
0: he and sanchez went to two afc championship games and who's rob rob has been defensive coordinator for a lot of different teams saints cowboys browns see,
2: pick rob because he's a defensive coordinator
1: see i gotta disagree with you there i go with rex because rob is very unscrupulous i think we've all forgotten about bounty gate a little bit too soon here that wasn't
0: rob ryan though that was greg williams he was
1: the guy who deflated all those footballs in philadelphia That's
0: the wrong city.
1: when they poured bounty all over the field and bubbles were everywhere. What?
0: Yeah, that one lost me a little bit. See, you can't just say Rob Ryan because he's a defensive guy because Rex Ryan was not only the head coach, but he was in charge of defensive play calling for the New York Jets.
2: Then what did their defensive coordinator do?
0: It's the same thing that like George Edwards does for the Vikings right now, because Mike Zimmer calls a defensive place, but George Edwards is the defensive coordinator, so he handles other defensive duties. Not a lot of information to go on I think there are animals in the wild that take a defensive <laughs> duty to fight <laughs> off prey and stuff. It <laughs> Well, I've got another scenario here, including those two people. What if the stakes were the same, but instead it was a hot dog eating contest?
2: Rex right, is a big dude. I don't know what Rob looks like.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I got a picture for you. Having
1: their collective poundage is in like the quarter ton.
0: They can't ride the Six Flags rides together. They have to take alternate cars. Let's see, Rob, Ryan. We're almost to the end of our questions here. I promise. I- to talk about New York,
1: given that we're in you know the Big Cheese, as you said.
0: Oh, I talked about it already a little bit. So that's Rob on the left, and that's Rex on the right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Margin and cherry, <laughs> Yamaha, fright night. Yeah, Rob has. I think Rob's trying to channel Jeffrey Lebowski, actually. <laughs> I mean Jeff,
2: not Jeffrey Bridges. And uh, he's got that long. Yeah, I don't know. That would be a close one. It Is that Derek Carter? Who are they with in this picture? I didn't look. It's, uh, I don't know. It's
1: like, Mark Sanchez's evil twin or something.
0: Speaking of Mark Sanchez just got benched for, uh, Josh Johnson. That's definitely not Mark Sanchez. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know. We'll figure it out later. Okay. We, I, yeah, uh... That Fair enough, fair enough. I remember uh, when I would play my Madden whatever game, 07, with Sean Alexander on the cover, and you do a you know fantasy draft, but then you have a franchise. And I had one that went for like nine or ten seasons, and my quarterback was, for the most part, Seneca Wallace because he had really good scrambling ability. And then I went through a couple different running backs, Deuce McAllister and, uh, oh, there's... This one guy who was like a third stringer for the Seahawks in real life, Michael uh, Bennett was his name, something like that. Um, but I'll have to I'll have to look that up. But anyways, where I was going with this is at the end of the season, you could fire your coordinators, and so I always had uh, Dick Duran, I think, was one of my coordinators, and then I got uh, who was the coach of the Jags for a while. There was someone else. Uh, was he the coach of the – I don't know who I'm thinking of. It wasn't Del Rio. There was somebody else. It was, it was either with the Saints or the Jakes. Or I'll have to look it up. But, yeah, it was a powerhouse. Most seasons they didn't lose. That was pretty exciting. Yeah. Got a couple other questions here. Uh, this is one you both are informed on. Do you think there's ever a world in the future where Dave Franco becomes more well-known than his brother James? Or is it already here?
1: I think it might kind of depend on how James chooses to spend his time. I mean, last I checked, he's enrolled in like three degree programs.
0: You ever see him walking around Columbia, Jack? He teaches up here, doesn't he?
2: Uh, I thought he was doing some stuff at NYU. It's kind of what I was getting at yesterday, saying NYU's a more edgy place than Columbia. They have a good like film program and stuff like that, so... That was my understanding, that he was doing all of his weird degrees and teaching at NYU.
1: I thought he was enrolled in a couple different places, and at the risk of going on a rant here, i got to say, James Franco has got to be the only guy in the history of the world, or at least in the 21st century, because, you know, back in the 19th, 18th century, the way that universities, degrees worked and stuff was a little bit different. But he's got to be the only guy who is both, like, a student and a professor at so many different levels, it's just, it doesn't make any sense. He, like, blows the top off all the rules.
0: It's got to be really tough to date, you know. You're not sure if you can date a student, if you can date a professor, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. Hopkins just uh, uh, um, proposed a policy on dating between graduate students and, you know, whatever, faculty, staff, Like yesterday or two days ago, there's currently no policy in place, but now they're trying to, you know, limit who I can go out with and stuff. So I don't know. Might not be there for long.
1: Well,
0: there's staff and, you know, if you're direct supervisor or something, it's a comprehensive policy. All I'm saying is I wanna be at a place where my dating abilities are not restricted by Flirtatious policies and such—superfluous.
1: <laughs> what was that word again?
0: <laughs> Superfluous.
1: Uh, so maybe you should come to Texas State University, the rising star of Texas. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's no uh, no formal policy in place there, and I, you know, some of the the faculty and grad students have been known to tangle a little bit.
0: Yeah, it's called God's country. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Jack, you had mentioned this a little bit earlier. Uh, what went wrong for Jeb in 2016?
2: Um, he's just kind of a turd. I don't know.
1: <laughs> just kind of sits there.
2: Yeah, he's like Buster Bluth. He's just kind of always hanging around, not doing anything. And then he tried to tried to ride the wave, but it was hard because. Um uh, George Bush numero two was so unpopular at the end of his tenure, so he didn't have much going for him.
1: I don't know if the US is ready for the trifecta yet. You know, we had HW, <laughs> we've had W. You got John Adams, John Quincy Adams, uh you got Andrew Rosie Jackson Bell, and both Kennedys. And, yeah. And both uh, Kennedys, what are you talking about? Both Johnsons. Yeah, those Johnsons
0: that are definitely related.
1: And uh, you know, it, I, you know, Hillary tried. She wasn't a three peater, but there's just you know. Why would
0: Hillary be a three peat? I just said she wasn't. She but why tried, would she, she if she if she made it? What what that would make her a a two peat?
1: The point is just that the Americans only have so much appetite for these you know repeat these dynasties, dynasties, if you will. You know that's why we give first round picks to like the Cleveland Browns because. <laughs> Know. Tell that to the Warriors. God knows uh, the Warriors and the Patriots have won enough titles to last about <laughs> 200 years. So,
0: yeah, fair enough.
1: But uh, yeah, I don't know if you want to say more about that. No, that's, that's, that's my hot take. I don't, I don't think, have anything to add. I think the first family that will achieve uh, three-peat status—it's going to be a high bar. You know, you might get it with uh, like Barack and. Malia and Bo Obama, maybe.
0: <laughs> oh, boy. It'd be a good screenplay, maybe. Bo Bridges, perhaps, but Bo Obama might be tough. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm. I don't know. Americans might be ready for a furry president.
0: Bo Obama, no problems. <laughs> uh, that that takes me to the end of the questions I have. Uh, do either of you guys have anything you want to plug Uh, while you're on live air in the Big Apple. I assume this is being broadcast somewhere by someone. Maybe Times Square, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool.
2: Tell someone you love them today.
1: Heartwarming message, yeah. Good. Sometimes, sometimes you need to hear that when it's rainy and forty degrees in, in the Big Apple. And,
0: uh, yeah, we went for a run this morning and saw Michael Douglas, and it was really cold and windy and rainy. But no Spike Lee yet, so we're gonna keep our eyes and our hearts open.
1: Mm. That's that's always good to remember. You know, it's almost Christmas and uh, it, it was Hanukkah. So I'm sure there's some other holiday. When, when's Kwanzaa this year? We don't talk about that enough.
0: I
2: don't know. This I think it's the neighborhood to celebrate it in though.
0: Yeah. I think it's usually like a couple days after Christmas.
1: Okay. Well, we should check it out. Well, next week, uh I don't want to steal your thunder, but you got got some special episodes coming up, I'm sure you're gonna talk about that. But uh maybe yeah. there's gonna be some opportunities for getting some more music back on the, the podcast. I maybe you know, throw my hat into the ring there uh so maybe we'll get a little something we'll see what stay Quinn tuned. wants to do so stay tuned that's my plug well
0: there aren't any uh guitars in Texas are there
1: wow. yeah I don't think there's any guitars in Texas Quinn don't you have a guitar yeah we can bring it we'll
0: Why? see we might uh but get Quinn back no we might do a Hanson cover or something mm. I think that could be pretty good. Uh yeah, Jane has been clamoring to get back on the podcast ever since the roast of Quinn David Furness. Of course she comes on the one podcast like the most popular one of all time. Is that about mom? Yeah. So, we'll see. I don't know. I don't just don't know if she has kind of that energy or spark that we are looking for on the Bean Town podcast, but
1: Oh, you mean white guys sitting around talking in a disaffected tone. Sports. <laughs>
0: Yeah, if you guys couldn't handle the Kurt and Kyle Bush question, I can't even imagine what mom is going to say when I ask her if, you know, Denny Hamlin's got anything left in the tank. Speaking of tanking the podcast, we'll see if Jane can come on the podcast next week. Uh, anyways, I think that's pretty much what we've got going on for you today. We're going to wrap it up so we can do a couple of things out and about in the city before head back to Beantown. It wasn't me So uh, thanks to Brothers Walt and Jack Furness for coming on the podcast Who knows What next week is going to hold And then after that uh, we've announced this Before but reminding everyone that we're Going to have a 24 hour Christmas day live stream Of me And just you know Everything and maybe Michael Douglas I don't know we're going to be baking we're going to be drinking. We're going to be whining and whining in another sense about being alone on Christmas. Maybe get some Papa John's or something. Mm. There are no football games on Christmas Day, which is disappointing. So I'll just have to watch the Warriors or something. Are
1: there bowl games this year? Not even college football?
0: On Christmas? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, that would kind of be sucky to force college kids to play yeah, on they, Christmas they Day. They used to do that. Yeah, we'll see. We'll check it out. But, uh, Got to go check the noon game inactives right now for fantasy football. And it's a big day. Playoffs are here. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, have a great week and uh, safe holiday travel if you're looking for any TSA tips. Last week, our holiday season correspondent, Megan, gave some great tips on that stuff. So go check that out. And uh, that's all we have for you. So thanks for tuning in. We'll come to you live from deep in the heart of Texas next week. Maybe we'll have Michael Douglas on. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one.